The Light Breakfast with Asha and Nan, brought to you by Maybank. On Jalan Jalan today, we talk e-scooters with Public Affairs Officer of Beam Malaysia, Diana Tati Azman. For people like me who aren't so sure, could you explain what exactly an electric scooter is? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think this term scooter doesn't really have an official definition, hmm. but for all intents and purposes in Malaysia, uh, a beam e-scooter is uh, what we call an L-shaped e-scooter. It's what you can uh, stand up on and you've got handlebars to hold on to. And for beam, we operate an electric scooter. Um, so it's battery powered um, and able to provide you uh, the essential travel for short distance um, needs. So what by definition is a short distance? How do you guys define a short distance? Well, it's essentially what um, what a car would over-provide. Uh, I think um, it, when you're in the city, uh, a lot of your travels are very short distances. It's probably a trip to a bank or a restaurant for lunch, things like that. Um, it usually uh, is less than three kilometers mm. and it wouldn't take you more than 10 minutes. So for things like uh, that, it's a very common uh, travel need for a lot of people, uh, especially here in KL. Um, And driving your car out for such a small uh, purpose uh, would seem a bit tedious these days. Traffic's difficult, parking's hard to find, uh, and so on and so forth. So we're trying to provide a solution for that with our little vehicle, Mm -hmm. with our Beam e-scooter. Okay, so it's like it takes the Flintstones part out of using the scooter. You don't need to be um, scrambling with your <laughs> with your leg <laughs> to move, basically. I, I like the way you described the over-provide. I like that. Over-providing distances <laughs> makes a lot of sense to me. And I'm actually really familiar with uh, your Beam scooters, but for our listeners who may not be, um, in terms of using them, where do you pick them up? How do you return them? How do you pay how does it work, basically? Yeah. Yeah, sure. So at Beam, we do a shared uh, service. So it's a rentable program. You don't need to own or buy uh, one of our scooters. So how you access them first is finding out where they are. Uh, and the first thing you need to do is download our app, our mobile app, which is available on the Apple App Store or your Google Play um, and set up an account, and immediately the app would show you where our Beam scooters are available for rent. Um, we are we have integrated a map in there, so you can look for a Beam closest to where you're coming from, or even closest to where you're going to. Right. Um, and then, how do you activate it? Uh, we use a uh, QR code scanning system uh, available on the e-scooter. We've got payment uh, gateways in there, and that's how you can start your first ride with a Beam. Um, and that's how you find a Beam. And uh, as you said, it takes the effort out of uh, the small uh, distance travels that we need because we're so densely uh, populated uh, in a commercial area, for example, KL. Uh, we try our best to fix that accessibility uh, issue that a lot of people face when they uh, attempt to use public transport. And we do that by setting up as many what we call parking spots around the city. So once you've booked your beam, you know, 
give it a little kick, start the throttle and off you go. And when you're done, just um, park it where, where you want to and the app will sense that you've finished your ride. I'm assuming then that these are things not worth stealing because if you don't have the QR code or whatever, you can't start it and the wheels just don't go. So it's like a hunk of metal. Is that right? Yeah. So we um, love our scooters. We uh, at Beam, you know, outside of Malaysia, we are the largest shared micro mobility operator in the Asia Pacific. And we believe that we've achieved this success because we put such a high priority uh, on the safety of our riders. Um, and that includes, of course, a lot of investment uh, to safety aspects. Now, this is both hardware and software, both embedded within our e-scooters. And certainly, uh, yeah, having it stolen uh, is not what we want. Therefore, each scooter actually has an alarm system. It's got GPS detection. Uh, and if it senses that someone's trying to access it uh, in not the right way, number one, it, it's going to cause a very loud alarm, just like someone's trying to steal a car. I thought you were going to say uh, give an electric shock for a minute because I think that would be pretty good. <laughs> well, well, I think the person would receive some sort of a shock because... Because our e-scooters are rather smart, um, and if they if it can detect uh, robbery, it'll actually uh, alert us uh, in our background, our monitoring center. And immediately, one of our guys will go and search the scooter down and find out who's actually tried to do something funny so with it. Is he on a scooter with a siren? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the siren will keep going on until it's put back where it's meant to be. <laughs> okay. Uh, now, this isn't the first time that shared scooters or bikes have been in the market. So what prompted uh, Beam's decision to introduce itself to Malaysia? Great question. Um, I think globally, micromobility uh, had its uprising starting uh, the year 2017. I love the, the way you use the word yeah, the uprising. uprising. <laughs> Well, it was a little bit. Um, uh, from 2017 up to now, the micromobility market has grown leaps and bounds, uh, not by percentages. I think it's grown 17 times, uh, the global market. And it's, it's because a lot of cities are realizing that they've got um, a traffic congestion problem, uh, gaps in public transport. And what does this mean to city dwellers it just makes moving around a very difficult thing and how do we solve that quickly um and so i think the first shared micro mobility service was introduced in 2017 um and we saw the market grow very rapidly in europe and then it went on to north america and over here you know, part of Asia, we thought, why can't we have the same stuff? We know what KL traffic is like, as well as, you know, other cities in Asia. And it's certainly a problem that can be solved with this. Uh, so we started our company in 2018 with the mission of making the lives of city dwellers better uh, and introduce them in Malaysia. Simple as that. We want to make 
uh, the lives of city dwellers a little bit easier with our e-scooters. So let's talk about that, the sort of making life easier. I mean, what kind of difficulties of commuting car-free in the Klang Valley are you hoping to circumvent or fix? Yeah, that is really the root or the mission that we are trying to achieve here in KL. Um, We know we have a public transport system, but as all public transport systems in the world, it's very difficult um, to access everyone uh, because it is costly to develop a public transport system, whether it be trains uh, or even getting a bus company to service each area. Um, But uh, people still want to access public transport because the hassle of sitting in traffic for hours is not uh, something anyone would look forward to. And really a lot of people would want to take public transport if it was just a little bit easier. Uh, now in KL, the whole Klang Valley, uh, you know, we know what the weather's like. It's very hot. And if it's not hot, it's pouring. So mm. I think uh, the typical person would not want to spend more than 10 minutes outside to do whatever they need to do. So let's take, for example, getting to your public transport um, station, whether it be a bus stop, an LRT station, so on. So if you got that problem already that we know that we need to fix, what can we have that uh, is less than 10 minutes for, any, for anyone? Um, you know, it's, it's the e-scooter, it's the shared e-scooter uh, model. Um, so what we do is we work with city councils who are facing such a problem and we try to fill in the gaps uh, that they may have. Uh, you know, it could be a lot of residential areas have no access um, or very uh, far access to a bus stop or an LRT station. We're there uh, to meet the needs. In KL, uh, it would probably be um, another aspect of reducing traffic because we are replacing a lot of car rides with uh, our e-scooters. Sort of a transient transportational device. Mm-hmm. Basically, I'm a big fan. Got to tell you, I use them all the time. <clears throat> okay, yeah, that's now, amazing. Yeah, so now on to a personal question. How often do you use an electric scooter? You know, the first time I used an electric scooter, I was um, not even with Beam yet. I was just uh, someone who worked in the city center. Um, traffic had really, uh, you know, affected me. Um, Therefore, I started using public transport. Um, And I found that, you know, it's not as well connected. You can't really go door to door with public transport. Um, So I I found that my last leg of my journey when I arrived in KL, it was, I think, a 700 uh, meter walk if I wanted to walk it from the station to my office. Or I could wait for uh, a bus, but you know, hmm. with bus buses, you would have to wait. It's not on demand, right? And then one day I saw this um, purple scooter uh, right where my train stop was. And, you know, I got curious, started it, um, downloaded the app, got on the e-scooter, and I was at my office in 
less than five minutes. Mm-hmm. And that was that was it. I was like, okay, this is going to be how I move around the city for really short distance rides. And like I'm a I'm an example of that, right? I'm I am an example of yes, uh, these East Coast are facing uh, a lot of pain points that people feel, which is uh, convenience and accessibility. Okay, just for all the females listening right now, I'm sure they're thinking, okay, woman on an e-scooter with a handbag. Like, do you have to think about the handbag choices you make in order to use these if it's going to be a daily thing you do? Because I'm trying to imagine, like, holding on to handlebars mm-hmm. and, you know, managing a handbag at the same time. Like, Yeah, well, you know, I've tried it with a, a backpack with my laptop in it. I've, I've tried on it with... A, Think what they call a crossbody cross bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 not difficult. It's very manageable. We um, the company has put a lot uh, into the hardware and software um, to make sure that you know the scooter doesn't go over the speed limit to ensure that the ride is as smooth as possible with what we what we've put into um, our tires and suspension. Uh, and, you know, there are safety um, features which are probably better than a bicycle because our e-scooters now have lights in the front, at the back, indicators uh, to signal other people or vehicles if you want to turn right or left, uh, the alarm that I mentioned, and it's also got a bell. So it's a very high-tech mm. uh, thing for such a small vehicle. So, and that made me feel very safe, yes. So safe to say then that your first experience, you liked it so much you went and joined the company. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Can people buy them and own them or or, or is this just a... a... Short-term lease. Yeah, Short-term well, lease, thank you. Yeah, so, you know, scooters are a um, segment of... All vehicles. So, in terms of buying a scooter, you could probably um, find it on the market. But for beam scooters, no. We only do a shared micro mobility service. Um, it's a rentable program uh, where we know what is needed uh, to maintain them, to operate them. Uh, so, it's not as easy uh, for a private uh, owner uh, to, to run it. But are there other scooters, uh, you know, in the market? They are, but I cannot say for certain that they've gone through all the safety checks and um, hardware checks, software checks, that it's as safe as the Beam uh, e-scooter. We actually have probably the best safety track record in the whole whole Asia-Pacific. No one has had a fatal accident uh, being on our e-scooters. And our, you know, accident rates are very, very low, much lower than 1%. Okay, so that leads us on to a very, I guess, pertinent point, right? Mm. So there might be some people who are nervous about riding scooters, obviously because of the safety concerns, and, and perhaps they've never even been on one before. <clears throat> right, like I, I haven't, not, you know. And I have to admit, I mean, I think I'm quite good at these things, but the mm. first time I got on it, I was a little bit concerned because they can go quite quickly in relative terms. It just seems like they go quite quickly. Mm. So what are the measures that Beam has in place if someone hits me? while I'm on the scooter, for example. Mm. What's what's my insurance coverage, so to speak? Is that covered in the in the cost of the, the rental fee? 
Yeah, great question. So I'm gonna answer it in two parts. First is, you know, for first time writers, how do they get introduced to this e-scooter? And then the second part, uh, uh, I'll address the insurance bit. So for any um, first time rider, um, once you finish your registration on the app, immediately the first thing that pops up is the rules and regulations of um, your city. Uh, and, you know, we've had a slur of announcements uh, around this in Malaysia for at least, and we've kept abreast of that. So the first thing that they're going to see is where can you go and where can't you go? Uh, and then the app goes into uh, a safety briefing for first-time riders. Now, this is, you know, where can you find us? How do you start your first ride? What are the steps? You know, it's very um, uh, user-focused. So uh, put your hand on the handlebars, uh, then put your, you know, legs apart from on either side of the scooter, um, kick the stand off the ground, uh, make sure that, you know, the lights are on. And then, you know, it's a very step-by-step um, intuitive process of getting the rider on board. Uh, in addition to that, we also have a safety quiz for all first-time riders. Uh, and this is just for us to um, educate the user as much as we can about how to operate an e-scooter and how to operate it safely, uh, which means, you know, things like the questions are, you know, can you drop your e-scooter anywhere? Uh, can you ride on the road? Yes, no. Um, and questions like that. Um, How many times so can you hit Asha <laughs> before you feel satisfied? Well, it, actually, yeah. I was going to ask. You just mentioned that about the road. Like, are do you do you ride these scooters on the pavement or the road? Yeah. So the the announcement that comes up on the app every time uh, a rider opens it up is keep our e-scooters off the road. Mm. Um, so for Malaysia and a lot of our markets. Um, in Asia, micromobility is still probably at its infancy stage and people are not 100% um, used to them. Uh, so we're, we're telling our users, don't ride on the roads where it could uh, jeopardize your safety as a rider. We're uh, asking them to keep, keep to footpaths, keep to pedestrian uh, walkways and crossings. And when there's a, you know, a bicycle path and a bicycle is probably the most popular form of micromobility out there. Um, and where there is a bicycle path, you know, micromobility vehicles can go on them too. So you tell them, keep to those okay. areas. So going back to sort of Non's question yeah. about the insurance stuff that I hijacked. Sorry, before I rudely interrupt. Yeah, no, no, no. I'll rudely redirect. Um, going back yeah. to the insurance and, and accidents and stuff. Correct. So, you know, we put, uh, we try our best uh, to control the safety on our end with the hardware, the software and briefing users by the app. But we know accidents do happen wherever you are. And it could be a, a rider's uh, fault or not. Uh, in that sense, for every beam rider, as soon as you uh, sign up and uh, you start your first ride, we already include personal accident insurance in the cost uh, that you pay. So it's not 
an option that you can opt out of uh, and it's uh, compulsory for all our users and we tell them that uh, via the app before they start their ride. Okay. And that covers liability for the scooter itself, right? In case of damage? Yeah. So, you know, as long as you are a law-abiding rider and you, you follow all the guidelines, we definitely cover you for any personal accidents. No, but what, what if I was riding around and then Non was very irritated that I was in his way and uh, I get knocked off and, and sort of the scooter flies off the path into the road and gets crunched. Like, is that my fault or Non's? Or well, obviously, it's covered? your fault. I, no, we would never penalize our riders uh, for situations such as that. Our main priority is safety and our first uh, course of action is to ensure that, you know, our riders don't have to worry about uh, costs. Um, So no surprise costs there. If you need to see a a doctor or or perhaps you had some teeth damage, you had to see a dentist, um, Mm. it's covered in our personal accident insurance. Oh, that's worse for you now. Now that I know that you're going to be okay. You're going to do it to me. (laughs) I'm not riding a beam with you, Nan. Um, So, yeah, looking forward to having our very first lesson. I am probably one of the most uncoordinated people ever. So it's going to be interesting to see. I tell you what, I will bring you a riding safety jacket. Just because. Can I have kneecaps and a helmet? Yeah, yeah. Why not? I'll get that sorted out for you. I've got the cutest helmet for you. (laughs) Beam also realizes that uh, there's a lot of people in Asha's uh, situation, right? And if you've never gotten on a scooter, it's a very strange looking vehicle that you've probably never seen before. So we actually do, you know, in-person uh, training programs. Hmm. Uh, we just, we do that uh, a lot with our uh, partners. Our partners include the city councils uh, that work with us sometimes other government agencies who are interested in working with BEAM. But we also realize the general public needs to be educated. It's not just about the rider. It's also about the ecosystem, Mm. the pedestrians and the car riders and so on. So we do in-person programs um, and we try to do them as often as we can. The last one was in Wanutama. There was a half-day event. We got our scooters there. We uh, opened up a small, uh, secure area away from traffic and pedestrians. So and we teach each rider, you know, step by step. How do you get on it? How do you start it? How Where's do you the bell? Yeah. <laughs> is there a bell? <laughs> yeah, there is a bell. Yes. And we look forward to organizing more of these oh, please, for the public. Please do invite us along to those. Non and I would love it. You are going to have your own special one. Away from traffic, away from anything alive <laughs> I will is come probably in a, best. in a Michelin suit so I don't hurt myself. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Tati. Thanks so much, Tati. Thank you, guys. Have a good day.